Welcome to The Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell and co-host Keelan Harvey. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 133075, are licensed loan originators with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, and MLS 7233. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. Now, in the studio, local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. <laughs> Welcome to the Money on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, December 21st show. I just want to sing a little bit. I know, it's just so cheerful. Okay, all, that's your host, you solo. Tina Mitchell. <laughs> and your co-host, Keelan Harvey. We are your local mortgage experts, bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how it can affect your money. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to connect you with the guests that we have on the show. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's one 855 or online at themoneyr.com. And our lineup for today's show, we have Julie Porter of J. Porter Business Services. Santa Scott, a list for you. We're going to go over that list today here with Julie. Also in studio, we have Tony Sablon of Ultimate Wealth Strategies, LLC, New York Life. Blueprint for your financial plan in 2020. Our last guest in studio, John Bedford of Staging and Designs Network. First ever shared rental pool for home furnishings. Great information and great guest in studio. For more information or to connect with the guests that we have on the show, you can call in at one 855 411150 Again, that's one 855 411150 or online at themoneyr.com. And it's a Christmas show, but we're going to still start out with a little Christmas money chat. Money. Money. All right, Keelan, what do you got for money chat today? Well, I have a, uh, I'm going to start calling them London, Londonisms. Oh, I, I love a, that. So cute. Yeah, Londonism. She, uh, I wonder which one you're going to share today with our listeners. I think I told you this one, but it's epic and hopefully not a clue for my future uh-huh. um, because she's three and a half before in February and the thought process behind Merry this Christmas, girl. Merry Christmas, London. Merry Christmas, baby girl. You're going to get all the uh, Christmas presents that you mom want from your mom and dad. It's ridiculous. She has yeah. like a million. I'm sure she does. She gets the dollhouse? Yes, okay, she's going to freak out. She's one of the... Barbie dollhouse. Yeah, she won't hear this. Don't worry. Yeah. Ah. Anyway, so uh, she she's had this... She goes through these, like, I'm not going to bed phases, and she's a genius about it, and she'll, she'll like, set herself up for it. So she'll purposely not go potty before bed, because mm-hmm. that's a way to get out. She'll purposely not want to put on her jammies, because that's a way to get out. Mm-hmm. She's hungry. She's thirsty. And, she, I mean, it's a, it's a process. And sometimes she's good. Sometimes she's bad. So particularly the other week... She's, re- she's just not going to bed, mm-hmm. and she's refusing to put on jammies, and we're tired of playing this game. So mm-hmm. it's like, London, you're putting on your jammies right now, or you're going to sleep in your regular clothes. And she's like, I'll just sleep in my regular clothes. Yeah. I'm t- London, I'm telling you, this is the last time you're <laughs> sleeping in your clothes if you don't want to get in your jammies right now. Okay, Daddy. So the whole bed process goes. She goes into bed. In her clothes. In her clothes. Yep. And I do my routine with her before bed, and she gave me the one, Daddy, I want jammies. And I'm like, no, London, you made a choice. You're sticking to your choice. You're not getting jammies. So she comes to the door, and she opens it up a couple minutes later and has this like little weird bashful look on her face. And I'm like, like she wants to say something, but mm-hmm. she doesn't know how to say it. Mm-hmm. And so 
you know, I'm like, baby, what, what's going on? And she goes, dad, I, I went pee. <laughs> and now this girl's never peed her bed since uh-huh. like she learned how to be potty trained. And uh-huh. I'm like, no, no, she didn't. No, she didn't do that. So I'm like, come here, London. And sure enough, backside's all wet. And I'm yeah. like, oh, and instantly She's a smart girl. it clicked. And I was yeah. like, London, Harvey, you did not go potty in your bed so you can get jammies on. She gets a little smile on her face and she shakes her head. Yes. Uh-huh. She literally went uh, pee in her bed. I think it's hilarious. To get jammies on. Mm-hmm. That's the most diabolical, go, girl, extreme, London. like the mindset of that child mm-hmm. to think of that. Yeah. You're, you guys are in trouble. You're big, in big, big trouble. Big, yeah. She's four. Well, she felt bad about it. She's not going to do it again. So she it's all did. Good. She had, she's mentioned it like five times. She's like, yeah. daddy, I'm not going to go potty in bed tonight. And I'm like, <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Could have done that last time, but great. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot. So I, um, I love it when you uh, bring in money chat about your, uh, your beautiful life with uh, Angela and <laughs> London. And, and I know our listeners uh, like to hear what's, what's going on new. And I wish I had a little uh, three-year-old story to share, but I don't, I don't have a three-year-old you and can, you can borrow mine. my, uh, my daughter, Stephanie doesn't have even me any grandbabies. So I'll just have to wait and then I'll have some fun. I'll just stories. drop her off for about three days. See how yeah. long you last. Yeah. When, you know, so awesome. She, <laughs> yeah, she's a beautiful child and she's going to grow into a beautiful woman. Can't go wrong with uh, two parents like you guys. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And you know, on that, I'll, I'm, I'm going to share a little quick mortgage thing here, but uh, to our listeners, to all your little ones uh, out there, it's just really a blessing to raise kids and what a fun time it is of, of year. So I a agree. shout out to, uh, to everyone on the holidays. So I thought I would just bring in uh, five important uh, facts about student loans and how they can affect it when you're applying for a mortgage because now it's wrapping up towards the end of the year and starting a new year 2020. Oh my gosh, can you believe it? It was 20 years ago when we were freaking out about 2020. And I was in the mortgage industry since 1995. And I remember we literally were just up until midnight and midnight, what, 1201, you can still get on your computer. Everything's all good. Everything's okay in the world. Think about 20 it, years. It's kind of silly now if you think about it. The clock changes and the world's yeah. going to melt down. Well, like you never hindsight. know. I mean, that was a, they made a big deal out of it. So <laughs> anyways, um, it, you're going to be possibly thinking about getting into a home mortgage. And if you have student loans, I just wanted to chat a couple minutes about that. Five things I want to share here. Deferred student loans. Just know if they're not in deferment for at least 12 months. You have to have a letter stating that they're in deferment for 12 months. Those payments are going to be used. And if there's no payment reflecting on your credit report, it's going to be 1% of the balance on some loans, which means that's going to be a pretty hefty payment. So you want to make sure that you uh, get something that's showing up on that credit report. Most student loans, you're not going to be able to get a loan that shows in deferment for one year because they defer every year. So to get that year, and by the way, that year has to be one year from the time that you make your first mortgage payment. So it's really challenging on timing. Uh, two is the deferral period. One of the most common causes for ruined credit is the case of first-time buyers and student loans going in from deferment to late status. This is something that happens over a spam of months or a little less. Once a student uh, realizes that the overnight that they've sent in a payment or the paperwork is redeferred the loan, but the damage has already been done. The account was default until the letter and the payment was received. Most student loans will have multiple loans and impact could be devastating. So you want to make sure that you're keeping a close track of when your student loans are scheduled to come out of deferment. Uh, My tip Three for you as duplicate student loans. Many students will apply and receive what they believe to be a single student loan. However, in some cases, the single payment 
could be servicing in multiple smaller loans and reporting on multiple loans. This may help a student build credit faster because it can be a benefit to having multiple trade lines or lines of credit for the student loans. But on the reverse is also true. If the loan ever goes into default, the credit report will show more than one derogatory account. So good or bad, if your student loan reports as multiple loans, there will be a multiple effect on your credit report. Uh, Fourth tip before we get to the last one is terms options for your student loans. With most student loans that you may have multiple payment options, 10, 20, 30 year terms. In many cases, when your credit report is pulled, the payments are listed for the higher of the actual amount. So the student loan company will report on the credit report the lowest term reflecting the highest payment. So on a $50,000 student loan at a 5% interest rate over 10 years, it's $530 versus a 30 year is $266. $8, which is 262 or an approval difference or buying potential, $25,000. So make sure that you ask for the amount to be calculated for approval. Uh, last tip on student loans is collections on many uh, occupations. I've seen federal-backed student loans from the U.S. Department of Education or Sa- Sally May remove all late payments on a student loan credit report if brought back to current. Now, there's no law that supports this, but I've seen it many times. This usually almost never is going to work for your credit cards, but student loans, it does. So in collections, negotiate to have all the delinquent activity removed before you pay them off. Might help you a little bit if you're applying for a mortgage or maybe even other things. And that's a money chat for you coming up next on the Money Hour. Santa's got a list for you. We have Julie Porter of J. Porter Business Services right here on 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. Every 19 minutes, another baby is born addicted to drugs due to a dramatic increase in opioid use. Referrals to CPS are increasing, as are mental health issues in children. And teen suicide is now at a 30-year high. And for thousands of children and families, things are getting worse. Childhood trauma and adversity are a national epidemic that impact all of us financially and morally, directly and indirectly. They're the root cause of the most urgent and costly problems that plague our communities, proven to increase poor school performance, incarceration, diabetes, suicide, heart disease, stroke, and cancer. That's five of the top 10 leading causes of death. Why aren't we doing more about it? Fortunately, Child Haven is. Child Haven is a 110-year-old organization that's preventing childhood trauma and adversity and helping heal children and families when it does occur. How are we doing this? Through a wraparound continuum of care tied together by relational health, the best predictor of lifelong well-being. But Child Haven can't do it alone. We must infuse relational health everywhere children live, learn, and play. If you're ready to address the root causes instead of applying Band-Aid fixes, we invite you to join us on this crusade. Visit childhaven.org or call 206-957-4806. That's childhaven.org. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome back to The Money Hour, 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, December 21st show. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I am your co-host, Keelan Harvey. This is our last show before Christmas holiday. We're your local mortgage experts, again, right here at 1150 AM KKNW. It is a great day to talk about money, and that's what the show is all about, how to make money, 
save money so you can have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We're here to connect you with the guests that we have on the show. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyr.com. And in studio right now, we have Julie Porter of J. Porter Business Services. And Santa's got a list for you. I love your title, Julie. It's right in spirit with our Christmas show. It's a little sneaky, I see. It's a little bit sneaky. Yeah. I can't wait to share these uh, uh, this list with our listeners. It's, it's the goal is to stay off the IRS's bad list. Oh, that's so. all. Oh, I like that. Yeah. It's going to be a good list. Well, yes. thank you so much for coming okay. in uh, today, Julie. Okay. Um, thanks for having me, Tina and Keelan. I really appreciate it. It's always yeah. fun to come here. And a little bit about Julie. Julie is a small business specialist. She is on a mission to make the business side a business a breeze for owners. Rentlessly helping, she works with startups, expanding companies, and established business to development and grow. With over 30 years of business expertise, she grew a small restaurant into a success of multiple profit centers. She is experienced in startup systems, finances, growth, and government, and has helped over 350 clients realize their dreams of being their own boss. Julie's passion is mentoring women, small business owners. She is on the board of the Little Black Dress Party, a nonprofit that supports women and children's charities, as well as a benevolent fund for women in need of legal services. She is the author of Seven Steps to Kick-Ass Businesses. I love it. Kick-Ass Businesses. Kick-Ass Businesses. I like it. So uh, Santa's got a list for you. I, I assume that you're talking about, we were talking a little bit about the IRS list. Yes. Right? So uh, in, describe to us a little bit about the importance of utilizing a checklist. There's lots of checks and balances when it comes to, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> boom, yeah. uh, when it comes to preparing for tax season. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? Well, it's easy to miss things because most small businesses are dealing with more than one government entity. So you've mm-hmm. got the Department of Revenue, Labor, Employment Security, and the IRS, the big guy. Yeah. So a lot of things are happening at your end. And um, there's a lot of times I'll, I'll see someone who will let their business license expire and not know. And then you've got you know a huge bill to get it reinstated. Or you've mm-hmm. got you know just different things that can happen, plus penalties if you don't pay your estimated taxes on mm. time, or if you get audited and you don't have the receipts, then your deductions get um, they won't allow you to take the deduction. So there's just ways to. I'm a big believer in setting up your business so that you can you're audit proof. Mm-hmm. I call it being auditable, bulletproof. And um, I've gone through a lot of audits with clients, and um, typically if we've we've set it up properly, we keep receipts, we do things right. They've pretty much breezed through them without a lot of um, issues. So, and that's always a good, good thing. Nobody likes to get letters from the government. So, if we no. just follow all those rules and all the little things that we need to do, we don't get those letters because those are horrifying. Yeah, I've heard CPAs yeah. talk about love letters. They don't seem like oh. they're going to be love letters, yeah. but also and that removes any emotional stress uh, that they have attached to mm-hmm. not wondering if that's right. going to come up. Whereas you can just say, "Hey, you know, go ahead," because I'm good. I'm all set to go. Mm-hmm. So, Julie, where can someone start when getting their finances together? Well, as a small business, it's always good to start at, at the beginning and set yourself up. Mm-hmm. But I always I talk about you can do guerrilla bookkeeping, which okay. is um, you just kind of you go in and you follow this list, you bring it together. And then I recommend that you s- get yourself on a routine for the following year. Mm. And if you're not doing it yourself, then find somebody um, who can help you do it. So yes. it's it's um, so many business owners. It's like this is the one task. We don't go into business to do books unless yes. you're a bookkeeper. Um, but you, you're, you're doing the thing you love. And that's why you start a business. Mm-hmm. So but 
meanwhile, all this stuff is churning and your reconciliations are behind, your tax payments are behind, and you're going, I'll just kick that can down the road and you get don't get to it. And then pretty soon the letters start coming in. And I've seen businesses go under because they ignore the Department of Revenue or the IRS. I mean, those, yeah. those guys don't mess around. Yeah. So, you know, you always want to set yourself up. And it's on the business owner to do it right. So that's, you know, one of the things that you need to be aware of. Yes. You get that license and there's some responsibility on your part to do it. Tina, hire out your weaknesses, right? Yeah, exactly. That's I love what that. I, that's what yeah. I do. I embrace yeah. my strengths and hire out my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're not going to... At a very high level. You're not going to dodge IRS. There's absolutely no, no way. They're going to find mm-hmm. a way to get their money yeah. one way or another. So you're just making it worse on yourself. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what about receipts? I know that's so important Huge. that you have some documentation yeah. based on some of your expenses so you yes. can go ahead and document that yeah. and not have any issues mm-hmm. uh, with the men on top, the big old IRS. Yeah. I have... Um, it, the receipts are important, and we live in a paperless age, and people mm-hmm. like to think that you know, they don't have to hang on to them, but I've seen um, the statements aren't good enough. Mm-hmm. You can go to Best Buy, and you can buy a computer for your business, or you can buy a flat-screen TV, and the IRS doesn't know the difference, mm-hmm. so they will disallow that. So it's, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you've got to be able to show it goes, goes into your file, and you hang on to it, so you can always prove that's what it was for. And you need to hang on to those things for seven years, surprisingly, yeah. but you know all your purchases that are for your business, keep a receipt. If you don't want the paper, scan it. Scanning works I was great. just going to say, put it, you can scan it yeah. put it in a cloud. It, yeah, it's perfect. And then you know, the receipts fade over time, anyways. So yes. it's it's a good way to keep the integrity of the receipt. Yeah, great idea. Yeah. What about tax forms? Tax forms. Well, you mean all of them coming up this uh-huh. time of year? Oh, yeah. Um, preparing for it is you've got to get all of your accounts reconciled. So if you have mm-hmm. a checking account, it needs to be reconciled. Yeah. And you've got to get all of it together. And if you're not doing it, again, you need to get it to somebody who does it for you. Yeah. And then all of that needs to be entered into either software or an Excel spreadsheet so that you can track where your money went. Um, what um, expenses did you have? What income did you have? You're reporting your income, you're reporting your expenses, and you're paying taxes on the difference, which yeah. is your net income. So you need to be able to calculate that. And I've seen it, you know, from little paper tablets to nice software. So, you know, it's, it's just a matter of keeping track in some way so that you can report it and um, and improving. You've got to be able to prove what you did. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Credit to you, Tina. I'm getting anxiety just talking about this because our businesses are so organized. Mm-hmm. And I have to admit, I wasn't as organized, but now I have all this like freaking out around things. And you can only imagine if you have all that, your whole business is riding on you putting the effort ahead mm-hmm. of time. There's nothing that comes across our desk where we're just not like, boom, you know, track two, right. you know, CD two, track mm-hmm. three, boom. Like we know exactly this means this because the same things happen. Uh, over, over and over, over again, and that's going to be the same with your business, correct? Yeah, exactly. So it's just getting yourself into that routine, and um, you know, you you can. Um, it it just becomes so easy. It seems so hard at first, just like anything. You mm-hmm. know, tying your shoe was a really problem when you were two. Good point. So you know, this is just a matter of saying, okay, every Tuesday I'm going to sit down. I'm going to look at my, what my income is and record it. I'm going to look at what my expenses were and I'm going to record it. So at the end of the year, it's you know, it's so much fun for me is when I take someone who's like a total mess in business. Mm-hmm. I mean, like serious mess. <laughs> And then you just you, you get them caught up. You do that de- guerrilla bookkeeping, get them caught up, and then you give them the systems so that they can move forward. And then they're filing their taxes on time for the first time ever. And so that's mm. that's kind of big that people are able to just bring it together with the you know, a quick look. And, and then they start, I've got a file for my receipts. I've got a file yeah. for my government reports. I've got a file for this. Um, and so, you know, it makes them more organized. And then that all that you know, horrible weight you have of not um, being organized. It just It's a weight and people worry yes. about it and they wake up at four in the morning. But if you've got this checklist and you've got a, 
a plan, then you can move forward. Yeah, and um, my listeners know me as a your local mortgage expert, um, but I also have a coaching program that is for my business partners. And in doing a lot of coaching, I always hear of, you know, yeah, we got to get a tax done, got to get it. And I just think, my gosh, all of that stress that you've had the entire time that you know you got to get done, you know you have to get it done and you haven't got it done yet. Um, uh, Just really a sad way to go through life. So you want to hire somebody, get somebody to do it for you, make sure that you've got those records and and you're ready to go. So let's talk, uh, Julie, about employees. Okay, for employees, if you if you had any employees in 2019, you're going to have to give them a W-2 at the end of the year, which tells reports to the government what they earned, what you paid them, and then what you withheld in taxes. So you need to get that together. If you have employees, you've probably got software. And uh, if you don't know how to run it, then hire someone to mm-hmm. take care of that for you. And, uh, and, and it, it's pretty easy, but you have to have the W-2s out by January 30th. And so you want to, and most employees um, about January 2nd, they're going, hey, when's my W-2 coming through? And so um, it's nice to get them out earlier if you can. And again, with the software we've got these days, um, there's no reason yeah. why you can't get right on top of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So Julie, what about, um, and we see a lot of these on our side of the business, uh, profit and loss and balance sheets. Let's talk a little bit about that. Okay, so um, those, to me, if you're going to have a business, you're in business to make money. And if you're not running a profit and loss, you don't know if you've made money or lost money. Mm-hmm. And if you wait to do that till the end of the year, which it's a great time to do mm-hmm. it, but you should be doing this throughout the year. But again, it's that, that everything that you brought in, all the expenses that you had throughout the year, and then, um, it, you know, income minus expenses equals your net um, profit. Mm. And, um, you know, I always run it as a percentage of income so that we can tell if one expense is out of whack. So if your rent is 20%, you're probably paying too much for rent. You know, just basics that you have for different businesses, what your cost of goods sold are. So you review all that and you can make changes. And again, you know, I want to stress, it's great to do that on a monthly basis because then you can Turn the ship if you have to, you know, and make changes. Oh, I need to charge more for that or I need to. It's surprising how um, particularly women tend to undercharge for their services or their products because Mm -hmm. we tend to just sort of um, feel like maybe it's not worth what it is worth. And so, you know, we just need to be more aware because you're in business to make money. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What about uh, the best tip that you can give for preparing for the tax season? Oh, um, I would say get this paperwork in order between Christmas and New Year's. Mm-hmm. Um, I, everybody loves to get organized during Christmas, between Christmas and New Year's. Download the checklist and do the things on the list. Make an appointment with your CPA or yes. your tax accountant and have them go over it. There are penalties if you don't get your estimated taxes in, and, uh, and they're, they're a little bit sus- substantial. Find out what your liabilities are if you haven't been tracking them all because, say, you're late with the Department of Revenue. After 30 days, it's a 25% fine. Yeah, that's crazy. Which is horrible. Horrible. Horrible, yeah. So, you know, you just want to be aware. And knowledge is power. Yes. So knowing what your profit and loss is, knowing what you're owing, knowing Mm. what you're required to do as a business, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And Julie, it's a new year. So what about renewal dates on like business licenses, insurance, and kind of your permits and all that, depending on the business you own? This was my favorite. I finally started doing this myself. (laughs) um, You need to, I I recommend that you calendar the things when your licenses are due. Um, Like some businesses are due um, 6.30, some 7.30, 1.30. So you know that I need to renew my corporation, renew my business license, two different things. Mm -hmm. And then when are quarterly taxes due? Put that on. When's my insurance come due? And I've had people 
um, their um, LNI permits for contracting has they've it's lapsed, and that's like a horrible thing mm-hmm. if you let that lapse. And um, so you know, and you get it reinstated, and that's not a problem, but it goes on your record. And yeah. so you know, th- those things you just want to be right on top of in, in calendar, so you know at the first of the month when you check what do I need to take care of. Yeah, yeah. great, great information, uh, Julie. Thank you so much for coming back into the studio and sharing with our listeners. Uh, list for Santa Claus. It was great to be here. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. Coming up next on the Money Hour, Blueprint to Your Financial Plan for 2020, Tony Sablon of Ultimate Wealth Strategies, LLC, New York Life, right here on 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. Every 19 minutes, another baby is born addicted to drugs due to a dramatic increase in opioid use. Referrals to CPS are increasing, as are mental health issues in children. And teen suicide is now at a 30-year high. And for thousands of children and families, things are getting worse. Childhood trauma and adversity are a national epidemic that impact all of us financially and morally, directly and indirectly. They're the root cause of the most urgent and costly problems that plague our communities, proven to increase poor school performance, incarceration, diabetes, suicide, heart disease, stroke, and cancer. That's five of the top ten leading causes of death. Why aren't we doing more about it? Fortunately, Childhaven is. Childhaven is a 110-year-old organization that's preventing childhood trauma and adversity and helping heal children and families when it does occur. How are we doing this? Through a wraparound continuum of care tied together by relational health, the best predictor of lifelong well-being. But Childhaven can't do it alone. We must infuse relational health everywhere children live, learn, and play. If you're ready to address the root causes instead of applying Band-Aid fixes, we invite you to join us on this crusade. Visit childhaven.org or call 206-957-4806. That's childhaven.org. The following material is presented for informational and sales purposes only and represents our understanding of generally applicable rules. It is not intended and does not set forth solutions to individual situations. New York Life Insurance Company, its agents or employees may not give legal, tax, or accounting advice. And none is intended nor should be inferred from the information herein. Clients should consult their own professional advisors prior to implementing any planning strategies. This material includes a discussion of one or more tax-related topics prepared to assist in the promotion or marketing of the transactions or matters addressed. It is not intended and cannot be used by any taxpayer for the purpose of avoiding any IRS penalties that may be imposed upon the taxpayer. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell and co-host Keelan Harvey on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. On that note, welcome back to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, December 21st show, our last show before Christmas. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. We are your local mortgage experts. We're here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to answer any questions or to connect you with the amazing guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyr.com. In studio right now, we have Tony Sablon of Ultimate Wealth Strategies, LLC, New York Life. 
blueprint for your financial plan in 2020. Tony, it's been a little while since we've had you in studio. Thank you so much for coming back to join us. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Yeah, and a little bit about Tony. Tony is an advisor with New York Life. He is also the founder of Ultimate Wealth Strategies based in Bellevue, Washington, focusing on life insurance, investment, retirement, and estate planning for you, your family, or small businesses to identify your life goals and motivations. Tony has a vast team of specialists that will help you meet your goals. Not only does he enjoy helping people with their financial goals and dreams, he is also passionate about the community through his involvement with various nonprofits. One of the unique things about Tony is that he is a mixed martial arts coach at AMC Pancration in Kirkland and training alongside current UFC champions, one FC champion and other world-class fighters. Tony, so glad to have you back. Uh, as everybody knows, I was a fellow Nylife uh, guy. I don't know how to say that correctly, <laughs> but I uh, appreciate where you're coming from. New York Life's a fantastic company, and tis the season. If anybody's like me, we're cruising around with you know, shopping and families and that busy time of year and watching your savings account dwindle as, as we go. So um, you're the, definitely the guy to ask, how do we keep these finances in check so um, <clears throat> to keep to keep finances in check, um, one of the things you you need to do is build a strong strong financial plan. And uh, you know, this is usually done at either the beginning of the year or the end of the year. And generally, if you do it in the beginning of the year, um, you're reviewing your plan at the end of the year and then just making the tweaks to your plan. And that will in itself will help you. Uh, keep within budget for your Christmas shopping. And, you know, these days there's people that are living paycheck to paycheck mm -hmm. and don't even realize that the only plan in place is uh, Social Security. And for some, that will pay them approximately a third of what they make today. So waiting till after the new year comes, we'll just add another year to, to your procrastination. So get your goals and plan done now so that you can focus on reaching those goals and spending time with family, hobbies, work, and making more money. Uh, so a couple of hours of your time now to help secure your fu financial future is a small fraction of time for a great benefit in the future. Yeah, and what a great uh, setting yourself for holidays for next year. I don't know what the percentage is, but because uh, I can't remember, but it was high that are living paycheck to paycheck. And uh, what, a, what a very sad place to be. And, you know, we've uh, talked a little bit about uh, London, Keelan's daughter, and, you know, you really want to be able to set up the best practices for your children so that they can have even a better success uh, uh, than you might have been able to reach. So, Tony, what is the first thing that you must do to get your year-end financials planning in order? Talking a lot about planning today. Yeah, so the first level in your financial house is made up of two components, cash flow and expenses. So to, to determine your cash flow, you have to determine how much income you bring home. So start by adding up all your take-home pay and any other income sources. And then next, you want to look at all your expenses from housing, food, utilities, etc., and include anything you spend money on a regular basis. So by doing this ex exercise, it helps you get a sense of what's coming in and what's going out from your cash flow. Mm -hmm. Companies track their income and spending. Why wouldn't you do it as well? 
Yeah, and just going through that exercise, because Keelan and I working with uh, home buyers and having them go through a budget process, just as you're talking about, uh, going through that exercise, you see people actually, they save more money because when they see where they're spending it and what that could get them, if you're spending 70 bucks a month every three weeks on your nails, and you know that's going to get you $15,000, $20,000 more in property if you're trying to buy a home, or it's going to get you into that uh, better plan for investing for your future, it makes a difference. So it's a great exercise to go through. Yeah, just like Julie said, if procrastination will will kill you on this. So you got to call Tony. Kills you on everything. Yeah, it kills you on everything. All the anxiety, everything. This is your future, your life. I can't think of anything more important for you to figure out and put the effort in and get organized than your finances. That's not only your future, but your kid's future. Mm -hmm. So spot on, Tina. So, I mean, after we figure out how much money that we make and how much we have left over, what's the next step, Tony? So the next level is uh, risk management. So life is a risky business, as you know. Mm -hmm. You need to be prepared. And there are usually six uh, elements to a risk management program. Uh, One of them is having an emergency fund. You and your family should spend some time to figure out how much money you would like in savings for immediate emergencies. And typically this amount is six months to a year's worth of living expenses, depending on your comfort level. And examples of an emergency would be you or your spouse lose your job, you break a leg or can't work or any any unexpected large bills come up, such as a home or car repair or large medical or dental bills. The other uh, thing that you need to think about is life insurance. When people generally think of life insurance, they think of life insurance you can get through work. Uh, The other type of life insurance is, is the type you personally own, and we'll call it personal insurance. Personal insurance typically requires some form of underwriting, but because you own it, you control the coverage and any changes. There are various types of insurance that fall under this category. Two main types are term insurance and permanent life insurance. Uh, We won't have time to delve into all your options, but I can certainly do so on a one-to-one basis. Well, Tony, I just ran into this. So I had ACL surgery August 15th. The bill was 30 grand. For, wow. for ACL. Now, I had insurance that covered a portion of that, but mm-hmm. still, it was like 6000 out of pocket. Just one soccer game on a Monday, all of a sudden, I owe six Gs. These are the events that he's talking you gotta about be prepared for. that are so important. Mm-hmm. So, Tony, Tony, what else is included in protecting your family mem- mem- uh, money that you see uh, people over often overlooking? So, income protection insurance is another thing that people should uh, think about. And, you know, just like your ACL uh, injury, I mean, if you weren't able to come to work longer, Mm -hmm. this type of insurance will kick in and, uh, you know, replace the income that you're accustomed to, right? And this insurance also covers, you know, long-term disability and uh, also includes uh, cancer, Alzheimer's, which are very Mm. real problems today that we see Time and time again. Yeah. I don't want to dodge the, uh, I skipped over life insurance. That's so important. I have New York life insurance. You're not allowed to talk about this, but I have a huge amount of term for my daughter. And then I'm going to convert that to permanent life insurance because when my 20 years of insurance runs out, I'm going to be too old and it's going to be too expensive for me to have it. And it's supposed to quote unquote, invest the difference. Most people don't invest the difference. So to have that protection in place is really important. And it's really cool that you can transfer it to permanent life insurance through New York Life. So I highly suggest that for anybody that's out there. So uh, what about the folks that are retired, Tony, or kind of nearing retirement? So folks nearing retirement should really take the time to ask themselves how they will cover expenses 
for an extended care event. So you see this going on so much today with the use of GoFundMe campaigns and the like, mm -hmm. uh, when one can cover some of, if not all, expenses uh, by considering long-term care insurance. Uh, the rub on long-term care is that it is expensive, though when you consider the actual cost of care, the insurance can be affordable. So Tony, now that you've reviewed the risk management, what else should people be thinking about? So if you have kids, uh, college funding would be something to think about. And uh, you're probably aware that college costs uh, are escalating annually. And there are many products out there, such as 529 plans, uh, life insurance, or a rich uncle, if you're lucky, to help you set aside <laughs> money for college tuition. <laughs> but if you haven't started saving for your child's college ed education or you feel that your current rate of saving may not be sufficient, uh, it's not, to let us, uh, not too late to set aside potential funds to, for your child's education. So important, Tony, that people start early on this. I mean, I'm sure people ask you all the time, where does this retirement planning come into play and when should we start? Um, the earlier you start, the better. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're 18 years old and working, even setting aside 20, 20 bucks a month uh, will begin to accumulate before your eyes. And if you're, you know, if you're late to the game, um, you know, saving more might be, might be an option for you. And there's, you know, there's qualified plans such as IRAs and 401ks, and these are designed to help you accumulate money on a tax-deferred basis. Mm -hmm. uh, Pre-tax money means you don't pay taxes on the money you set aside in these plans until you withdraw the money. Uh, however, there are usually penalties associated with early withdrawals. And qualified plans are government-regulated, and in essence, tax regulation determines the maximum amount you can contribute. Uh, then, then you also have personal savings, whether that be in a you know general savings account or other investment vehicles. Yeah, and it's critically important that you talk with an, an expert like Tony uh, that can really navigate and walk you through that because there's really great programs, but it has to be the right program for you. So you don't want to go with something that's going to have heavy, heavy penalties up front if you're going to need that money. But it's a great option if you're not going to take that money for many years to have those because you know you're not going to. So you just need to talk with an expert. So, Tony, what are some misconceptions about retirement planning? So the three misconceptions uh, I hear a lot is I don't need as much money in retirement. Uh, money just shifts to different types of spending is the reality. Um, moving to a retiree-friendly uh, retiree state will save you money. Generally, that is not the case, since having zero income taxes translates into higher taxes elsewhere, yeah. uh, such as property or sales tax. Um, and then also, Medicare will be enough to pay for my health care expenses. Um, that's, that's not the case. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to be in a small, tiny, terrible home, I'd you know some of these uh, facilities. You know, when you have a limited budget like that, and you're sick in in, in later in life, you want to have some some money that you can put out and really, you know, go out with a bang per se, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, what's one of the things that you hear most when meeting with folks? I know the later you leave things, the more money you're going to have to put away for your goals. I mean, is it is it that people wish they would have started earlier? Yep, yep. That's uh, that's definitely one of them. And also, I wish I would have saved more. I wish I wouldn't have bought that bigger house and spent more on experiences. Or even, you know, <clears throat> I wish I would have bought that uh, whole life insurance when I had the money and when I was young. 
uh, because what you see is people just dropping off their term insurance because it becomes cost prohibitive. Uh, so don't be the I wish I would have person and be the let's design a plan in our financial goals now person. Yeah, great advice, Tony. So we're wrapping up our show. So somebody that would like to do that and not be the I wish, um, can you talk about how to connect with you on a recap of a financial blueprint? So I uh, have a risk management plan in place so that you can sleep easy at night knowing that no matter what the market brings you and no matter an emergency that comes into your life, uh, you know, your financial plan is uh, is in place and you have peace of mind. And, you know, take advantage of all the tools that are out there to save money and invest money and then work with an advisor that is not biased uh, around different uh, financial vehicles because, you know, as a mis- mixed martial artist, I'm not biased to one type of uh, martial art. You know, I'm going to use all the tools at my disposal to uh, to win the fight. And, you know, the market is the fight, the life, you know, your life is a fight. So use all the tools that are available to you. Yeah, great advice. Tony, thank you so much for coming back in uh, studio and wish you happy holidays. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. Coming up next on the Money Hour, first ever shared rental pool for home furnishings. John Bedford of Stagings and Design Network, right here on 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. Every 19 minutes, another baby is born addicted to drugs due to a dramatic increase in opioid use. Referrals to CPS are increasing, as are mental health issues in children. And teen suicide is now at a 30-year high. And for thousands of children and families, things are getting worse. Childhood trauma and adversity are a national epidemic that impact all of us financially and morally, directly and indirectly. They're the root cause of the most urgent and costly problems that plague our communities, proven to increase poor school performance, incarceration, diabetes, suicide, heart disease, stroke, and cancer. That's five of the top ten leading causes of death. Why aren't we doing more about it? Fortunately, Child Haven is. Child Haven is a 110-year-old organization that's preventing childhood trauma and adversity and helping heal children and families when it does occur. How are we doing this? Through a wraparound continuum of care tied together by relational health, the best predictor of lifelong well-being. But Child Haven can't do it alone. We must infuse relational health everywhere children live, learn, and play. If you're ready to address the root causes instead of applying Band-Aid fixes, we invite you to join us on this crusade. Visit childhaven.org or call 206-957-4806. That's childhaven.org. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome back to The Money on 1150 AM, KKNW, the Saturday, December 21st show, our last show before Christmas. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I am your co-host, Keelan Harvey. We are your local mortgage experts. We bring in studio each week the best of the best in every area regarding uh, everything that's happening in our local economy so that you can make the best financial decisions. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to 
connect you with the guest or answer any questions that you have, you can call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyr.com. And next, our last guest in studio today is Sean Betford of Staging and Design Network, first ever shared rental pool for home furnishing. John, thank you so much for coming back and joining us in studio again. Yeah, thanks for having me. And a little bit about John. John is the Director of Business Development of Staging and Design Network and has been with the company uh, just over a little over three years. He was brought on to to help SDN enter the real estate community in the Puget Sound area. He loves working with realtors and helping them save time and money staging their listings. John, so good to have you back. I uh, shared this with some of my real estate partners and Everybody's fired up about it. What a cool idea. Share with our listeners how this all started. Yeah, so uh, Staging Design Network was founded by uh, Trisha Tomlinson. And so she was a broker for many years. And it's a pretty standard story of staging. Her neighbor had her house on the market and had been uh, on the market for almost a year, hadn't sold. And so after the year went by, Trisha went in and she fully staged the house and she listed it for the same price and within two weeks she got multiple offers and actually sold for more than the asking price and so as they say staging will help you sell your homes quicker and for uh, more so and then um, as she started staging all of her listings she started building up her inventory and uh, managing inventory is uh, is stressful Mm -hmm. and so uh, basically, the last straw was when her husband, Mark, came home one day, and he walked into the living room and noticed that the sofa was missing, and, <laughs> the, uh, and the art, uh, some of the art was off the wall. Mm. And so he uh, asked Trisha, where's our sofa? Where's the art? And she said, well, I had to use it for one of my listings that I had to stage. And he said, uh, why did you not use one of the 12 sofas in the garage <laughs> that I no longer get to use anymore, right? And she said, you don't understand, it has to be that specific style of sofa for mm-hmm. that uh, certain listing. And so she realized at that point uh, that you could just, she'll never have enough uh, pieces for yeah. staging and she'll always be missing something. So she underst- uh, she realized that if she's going through it, there has to be other people. And so that's how she got the idea for a shared rentable mm-hmm. uh, for home furnishings for staging. Yeah, I love the example of when it's your why and the pain that you felt and how you created a company and not just a company, but a first of company and a very unique company. So I'd love to talk about that, uh, John, because uh, Staging and Design Network is very unique in what they have to offer and with what you might call a competitor or not, because they can't do what your company's doing. Let's talk about that. Sure. Um, so I, I guess the main thing that makes uh, SDN really unique is the shared rental pool. Mm-hmm. And so in the Seattle market, we have hundreds of professional stages realtors and new construction builders that have pulled in their uh, inventory and put it into our warehouses and then we just manage it and um, all of our members share and rent from each other and so it's really unique where we actually pay whoever owns the furniture uh, 30% of the rental income we collect and so there's actually nowhere in the US that a person can own furniture put it in a warehouse do nothing and just get paid yeah so that's basically what we do uh, a lot of our professional stagers, this has become a second source of income for them as they get their monthly commission checks every single month. Yeah. As opposed to Brilliant. just getting a storage unit, paying money on that, and it's just sitting there collecting dust. 
And I mean, that's not helping anybody. So yeah. that's such mm-hmm. a smart idea. Um, and last time you were on the show, John, um, you guys were expanding. So can you tell us where you guys are at now and, and the markets that you're touching, you're landing in? Yeah. So we started in the Seattle market. So we have a warehouse in uh, Kirkland. We have one in Everett. And then in November, this last November, we had a grand opening down in Phoenix. And so we just opened up. Uh, the new location down there, and so we're really excited for the year 2020, and the main objective is just to prove the business model works in other areas. So so you mentioned uh, your, your, your main uh, perfect target is builders and realtors because they have this furniture and need a place to stay there or, or to have it stay so that they don't have to store it themselves, and also they need this furniture for new properties that are coming in. Who else does SDN <laughs> work with? Yeah, so um, SDN, I mean, really the start of the company, the foundation uh, were stagers, and they still are to this day. Um, so we work with professional stagers in the area, and uh, whether it be they just want to rent the items uh, from us and from other people, or um, we have a subscription model now where they can basically just get rid of their storage units or warehouse expenses, put everything into the shared rental pool, and then they can actually make all of their items private where it's not shared. And so now... Uh, because of the technology, um, everything is done online. And mm-hmm. so, like, I have one stage with Catherine. Um, it takes her 9 to 15 hours on average for each project she does. But now that she has everything into the um, warehouse and everything's done online, basically she can shrink her project uh, time down to, like, maybe 3 to 5, which wow. then allows Huge her deal. to be able to do way more projects and yeah. increase her profit. And so that subscription model's um, brand new. We're just we're piloting it right now. It's really exciting for a lot of our stagers because uh, sometimes they don't want to put stuff in the shared rental pool and have other people use it. They just want to use it for themselves. And yes. so now we have a private model and a share model. Basically, either way, we're just trying to save time and stress for our members. And then, um, yeah, realtors, uh, especially the ones that like to stage their own listings, uh, that's who we really cater to um, because there are a lot of DIY realtors out there. Mm -hmm. And then um, a lot of listings don't actually require a full stage. And so that's why uh, realtors like us as a resource because we're really the only ones where they can rent just one sofa or just a couple pieces of accessories or art just to add some color to a room because obviously professional stager is not going to help you just put one sofa and stage the house that way so yeah how much more valuable are you as a professional when you have an endless resource of customized furniture per home that adds so much value and it makes you so unique so that as well as time is money is fantastic. Well, and you know that you say that too, Keelan, for the agents that are out there, a shout out for this when you're trying to land a listing and get that signed contract, right. letting them know that you have um, a warehouse of all of this, whereas, you know, they were limited before. Yeah, yeah. I got myself in my living room, my art for you guys, and it looks great. <laughs> but um, anyway, so uh, John, let's talk a little bit about SDN's shared rental pool uh, for builders and how that's a game changer for these builders. Yeah, so we have some builders we work with where back in the day, um, they would, you know, they would have to basically rent furniture for maybe three months, six months, nine months, and even over a year. And at that point, on a rental expense for builders, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars. And so now with the shared rental pool, um, it allows them to take one component of building and selling homes where it's no longer an expense and they can actually make money. And basically what I mean by that is now builders, instead of renting furniture and staging, what they'll do is do some maybe model merchandising where they'll buy the furniture from uh, through us with mm-hmm. our vendors at Wholesale Pricing, use it on their model units, and then once all the homes sell in the plat, 
they can actually just toss all the furniture into the share rental pool and then recover their investment. And so it's really neat. Um, it's uh, you know it's a component where it's just it used to be a big expense uh, for builders. And now it's um, actually something they can actually make money on. So, Yeah, so listening to the show, you may think that SDN is a furniture rental company. They are, but that's secondary to being considered a technology company. Can you share about that, John? Yeah. Um, so with the, with the technology, um, obviously there's a lot of software that exists in terms of managing items, if you will. So for us, it's furniture. And so we barcode and we photograph, we catalog everything and everything shows up online. And what we had, the challenge we had was though, was the commission aspect of paying whoever owns the furniture. And so there's actually no software in existence to manage inventory and manage the accounting for the commissions. Mm -hmm. So this morning, one of our trucks may have left one of the bay doors with over a hundred different pieces of furniture and accessories. Our system not only has to keep track where all 100 pieces are going, but we also have to keep track who we're paying that 30% commission yes. to. And so we've actually built the software from scratch. And so that's why we're actually considered a technology company first. And um, our, our system is awesome, especially for the furniture owners where everything is really transparent because that's, that's one of the biggest questions you're going to get from people saying, okay, I'm going to give you my furniture, but how do I actually know what's happening? Do I actually get paid? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. At any given day, you can log into your account and you can uh, check your inventory and then you can see pictures and item numbers of every single piece of inventory that you own. And then you can also see the status, if it's out in a home, if it's in the warehouse, is it available for rent? Um, and then also tracks all the sales because we also allow members to be able to sell their furniture. And the split on that is we pay them 60% off the sales price mm -hmm. if their items sell online. So on the website, you're able to either rent or purchase items um, yeah, from other members. Yeah, brilliant things out there. Majority is managed by software, so you have to have the technology. Embrace the technology. Uh -huh. So, John, what's the most exciting thing that's happened in 2019 for SDN, especially considering we're wrapping up the year here? Yeah, so uh, from, I would say for the company um, in 2019, so the National Associates Realtors, um, they uh, have a program uh, called the REACH program. And mm -hmm. so they own Second Century Ventures, and they're the ones that manage this REACH program where they basically sponsor eight startup tech companies every single year. And uh, last year, they had over 1,100 applications for startup tech companies that wanted to be part of this accelerated program. And our company was chosen as one of the eight. And so the NAR really recognized SDN as a startup company that's going to make a huge disruption in the industry mm -hmm. just because there is literally nowhere in the U.S. that you can own furniture, put in a warehouse, and just get paid. And so that's been a game changer for SDN where NAR actually owns a certain percentage of the company. And now they've been able to open some monster doors and relationships yeah. um, to help the company scale a lot faster than we would have just on our own. So. Brilliant. Huge. Yeah, so ex so excited for the success that the company has had in uh, relatively a, a pretty short period of time. So as we're wrapping up our time here, John, uh, what's coming up for 2020 for SDN? Yeah, so in 2020, uh, in January, we're going to be launching a, a new deal follow program, uh, which is going to be awesome for our stagers. And so we're going to be able to uh, 
we're coming up with a service where we will be able to partner up a lot of brokerages with our stagers and then create that deal full of flow for the stagers to be able to give them a lot of business. And so it's really a win-win-win situation. Um, some of the cool features, like we have pay a closing model now, which is huge uh, for mm -hmm. a lot of homeowners. And so, um, and then with Phoenix, um, it, it's just really proving that the model works. And so that's really, really exciting. And uh, a lot of good pressure uh, behind us opening up Phoenix to make sure that it thrives um, in the year 2020. And then um, we're going to do another round of funding. And so we did our first round this last year, and then our second round will be this coming year. And then we'll see how fast we can scale the company. Yeah, so. very exciting. And I'm excited to have you uh, come back in studio and let us know what's new going on. John, thank you so much for uh, being here and uh, uh, say hi to Trish for me. Of course. Thank you. Yeah, and this is your host, Tina Mitchell, and signing off for the day. A little premature you there. And to, your you tried to jump in before I was done. There. Yeah, your co-host, Keelan Harvey. I got it in there. Yeah, well, he might just <laughs> take over the host position next year. Who knows? Uh, thanks for being uh, here. We are your local mortgage experts. Wishing you happy holidays. This is our last show, but we will uh, be back in the new year. We'll be back after the holidays. <laughs> Have a great one. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, and MLS 7233. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC.